0: Welcome to the latest edition of Chasing Success. I'm Elisa Gums, the Executive Managing Editor of Black Enterprise, and I'm pleased to be sitting down today with a financial executive who's making it her mission to help people in our communities achieve their dreams of homeownership. And that's Sarita Battles, the Managing Director of Affordable Lending Strategy at JPMorgan Chase. Sarita leads the execution of JP Morgan Chase's strategies to help address historic barriers to home among minority consumers and underserved communities. She's been at Chase this time around for six months, but she came to the firm with more than three decades of experience in the financial industry, most of which have been specifically dedicated to mortgage. She's with us here today to share how J.P. Morgan Chase is committed to expanding home for Black and Latinx families and to lessening the racial wealth gap through homeownership. Welcome, Sarita, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Elisa. So let's start with the path forward, which is JPMorgan Chase's $30 billion commitment to advancing racial equity. Tell us about the pledge and about how the work that you do fits into it.
1: Yes, yeah, so um, back in October of 2020, uh, J.P. Morgan Chase announced our $30 billion commitment um, with about $26 billion of that commitment focused in on home ownership. Um, there's about 12 billion of it focused on advancing home ownership among Black and Latinx um, customers, both from a purchase perspective, um, which is they're purchasing their, their home And then the second piece is around refinances. Um, And then there is about a $14 billion commitment that is centered around affordable rental units uh, where we are seeking to build an additional 100,000 affordable rental units um, from that standpoint. So again, this is a situation where maybe not everybody is ready to buy, but everybody deserves a home And so when you think about the affordable rental unit piece, that is also a component. I'm more responsible for the $12 billion when we think about home ownership from a single family housing perspective, um, both the purchase and the refi component of that. So really excited uh, about the opportunity um, that we have in this space. I would say that this is really about holding ourselves accountable to lending Um, and making sure that we are addressing the wealth gap that exists
0: among black and Latinx customers. So there are so many different ways that corporations including Chase are addressing the issue. There's been a lot of support for black businesses or programs designed to um, elevate black talent in corporate America. Why in this case, the focus on home ownership? Why is that so important? Well the first thing, and I always say this is to me the
1: burning platform, is number one when we start to look at the home ownership rates, primarily with African Americans or blacks, that home ownership rate today is about 44.1%. And then among Latinx, it's about 48 to 49%. It is the lowest among all of the races that we have. And so the average home ownership rate is probably around 68, 67%. And so Black represents the lowest and then Latinx is right behind that, right? So, and when we start to think about that, that's number one, one of the burning platforms that we have and why we're focused on home ownership. The second opportunity is really centered around household formation. And when we think about household formation in this country, um, it is is expected in this decade that 77% of household formation will be minority with 53% of that household formation um, to be from Hispanics or Latinx and Blacks. Here's the aha moment for me though, Elisa, when I think about it is when it comes to our next decade, Um, 2028 through 2038, 102% of all net new household formation is expected to be minority. 80% of that will be from Black and Latinx. And so when you think about the business opportunity that's in it, that's huge. The fact that both represent the lowest homeownership rates, that's another factor. And then when you think about the gap that exists within wealth, This is also another situation that we need to try to rectify or bring some solutions to. And home ownership is probably one of those first things, like when you think about increasing wealth, home ownership is that one thing that when we get into it, um, not only does it increase wealth, but it also creates legacy wealth. And so that's one of the reasons that I would say, you know, when I think about everything, um, I always keep talking about this reason, that reason or whatever, but those are the three to me that are the biggest um, that we need to make sure that we're part of the solution.
0: You mentioned the home ownership rates today and how we're at the bottom of the pile, but we're also we've also been losing ground, which a lot of people don't realize that that Black home ownership rates today are sort of at record lows. What's what's been going on over the past fifty years?
1: Yeah, um, I, I would say a few things. I mean, I, I think that when we went through the economic downturn, especially when it was around homeownership back in 2008, all of those types of things. um, I would say that our segment or Blacks were probably the most impacted during that time frame. And as you think about that, um, it obviously instills a lack of confidence in the industry and in homeownership. And so I would say that a lot of our folks are not even thinking about homeownership. A lot of our folks are coming from generations of renters. um, So they never talked about it to begin with. And so I think in this day and age, this is an opportunity for us to really create awareness, dispel myths around what it takes to be a homeowner. Um, And then I also think that it's an opportunity for us to uh, build back advocacy in this particular space. Because one thing that I will also indicate is we do not have a lot of Blacks um, in the mortgage industry. And so when you start to think about loan officers that are in the industry, you probably have somewhere um, south of less than, what, 3% of the loan officers that are out in the marketplace that are Black, and less than about 7% that are Hispanic. And so when you start to think about that, this is an opportunity for us not to only think about home ownership as an end game, but to also think about it as a career choice for folks. Because the more we know about this, I, I think the statement is, is when you know better, you do better. But this is an opportunity for us to know better and do better. It happened for me. Um, in the same space. I I started off as a a loan officer. And when I became a loan officer, I knew more about the mortgage process. And so therefore, although my parents had become homeowners, it gave me an opportunity to even talk to them about how to expand from a homeownership perspective, but then also how to talk to my friends and other family members that had not even thought about homeownership as an option. And so again, the more you get into it and understand, you're able to dispel some myths, instill confidence back into our communities and back into families, and then also get people on the path to home ownership. So that's why we talk about it from, in terms of path forward, creating a path forward for our folks to be able to understand, know better, do better, and then also get access to credit so that they can have a home that they can call their own.
0: You also mentioned the, the wealth gap, which of course at Black Enterprise, you know, we always talk about trying to close the racial wealth gap. Um, and when we put together our financial principles, we had home ownership as the basis. But a lot of people don't understand the relationship between home ownership and building wealth, and the relationship between the disparities in home ownership and the wealth gap. How would you, you know, explain that for people?
1: Yeah. It's interesting, um, you know, and I often quote my dad oftentimes when he said that, you know, we were um, supposed to get 40 acres and a mule and we're dealing with a dog in a ditch. I often say we're dealing with a puppy in a puddle. (laughs) Um, And again, so we don't come from a lot of this. So when you start to think about wealth, our starting point is in a different space than let's say someone that's non-minority. So that first off, it's just understanding that piece. But then the other part of it is how do we build back or how do we get to that place? And I can say I didn't start out, you know, in the, you know, having and all of those different things. But then I also had parents that were very disciplined. And so I think that sometimes we got to get back to the foundational aspect of just creating a level of discipline around how we save money, spend money, how we think about money, how we think about financial health and wellness. Uh, That needs to be a topic of conversation around the dinner table. And oftentimes it's the last thing that we want to talk about because we don't feel good about where we are. And I always like to say, you know, we need to get to a place where we start getting focused on who we're becoming versus where we are at now, you know? So um, that is one of the things that I think is probably most critical in this space is just the education around it. Um, And the fact that, you know, we... um, And especially when I think about lenders, and I often have courageous conversations, even about myself, um, that I might not be low to moderate income, but there are a lot of things that I don't know about different things, especially when it comes to financial health and wellness. Um, And sometimes we got to ensure or allow ourselves to be vulnerable uh, when we're having those types of conversations. uh, Because when we put it out there, people can help us. But most often, these are the things that we want to keep secret. These are the things that we want to hide up under our mattress. We don't want to talk about that my FICO score is, you know, in the 500s, and I'm really trying to build build back or get better. Um, But there are times when we have to talk about those things, because people can put us on the path of success. And so when I think about this, it starts with us. And it starts with us uh, changing our mindsets. I always say that If you change your outlook, you'll change your life. And oftentimes, we just need to get back to just really thinking about this and owning it. And the minute we own it, then we're going to make sure that everybody aligns with where we're going. If we don't own it, we always look for somebody else to own it for us. And I think sometimes that's what gets us in trouble is that we're looking for somebody else to pick up the slack when in actuality, our goal is to really be able to get educated enough, especially during this time of, COVID and pandemic, this is an opportunity for us to get educated and to learn more and to do the research and to leverage the tools um, so that we can understand and know what questions to ask or to make sure that we're connecting with trusted advisors that can get us in the right space of understanding
0: so that we can make good decisions. I'm so glad you brought up the pandemic because, you know, during this time, um, you know, and 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 oftentimes Black people are in states of financial crisis. And so they're saying, you know, how do you want me to work on these things when I'm just, you know, living paycheck to paycheck or I'm trying to pay the rent? COVID has had such a huge financial impact um, on everyone, but especially on the Black communities. And And so what kind of messages are you putting out there to say, you know, we still need to keep our eyes on this prize.
1: Yeah, the first thing is just starting. I mean, most of your most successful people they just started, and oftentimes we get so caught up in um, where we are that we don't think about where we want to be as much. And and so this is really the opportunity. I, and, and, I, and I'm going to say this, Alyssa, um, I am a, a pastor uh, by trade. So not only am I an executive within, this, um, within the, um, the firm or within J.P. Morgan Chase, I'm also a pastor. And sometimes I have to rely on just the spiritual aspect of what God requires of us. Um, it's not for lack of resources. Uh, typically, God will deal with what we have. And I think, number one, just taking an assessment of what we have. What is it that we have on our plate? Um, what are my expenses versus my income? If my expenses are more than my income, then I know I'm going to have some challenges. So what am I going to do about that? Um, so do I have to get another little side job in order to make up the difference and pay off some debt? Um, do I need to try to work on just um, taking the opportunity to take one of these, uh, one of these expenses and just really honing in on it so that I can get rid of that? But again, it gets back to starting with us, but we have to start. And the first thing that we have to start with is just doing an assessment of what we have. Once we understand what we have, now we know what we have to work with. And now we can start to have some different conversations. The first thing that I always say is that we definitely need to make sure that we do have a banking relationship, right? And so whether that's what our local bank or if the local bank is JPMorgan Chase, yay, I hope so. But um, making sure that we have a relationship with our bankers. And again, that relationship oftentimes will sit back and wait on that phone call. But I would say that we should be a gnat and call them when we have needs um, and when we're trying to understand what it is that we're trying to do. I would also say that it's also necessary for us to invest in ourselves, especially when it comes to just being financially healthy. There are a lot of nonprofit providers out there that do provide um, access to um, understanding around home ownership, if that's the goal that we're trying to reach. I know that at Chase, we have uh, what we call financial health, which is a team of folks that will allow you to, you can call and they will give you insights on like wherever you're trying to go, whatever your goal is, they will give you insights on what you need to do to get there. It could be credit journey. I just want to get my credit up to par. I'm at a 593 now, and my goal is to get to a 640 by this time. We have what we call a self-guided credit journey process that allows you to kind of do certain things that will get you on the path of having a good credit score. So there are resources out there, but we got to dig deep. We got to get serious about this and be intentional. Um, So we got to dig deep. There are also other things that I also think about. And and I, you know, and I say this because I am a pastor, but we also need to understand what the Bible says about it, right? What does the Bible say about us being financially healthy and wealthy and, and prosperous and all of those different things? And I can tell you, there are some self-guided tools just in the Bible, just Google it. And it'll tell you like certain things that, you know, God intends for us to be and become and all of those different things. But I would just say it's just getting back to the basics. I often ask my mom sometimes, like, mommy, how did we get out? You know, because my mom, I mean, she was a divorcee. She had two children, but she worked. I don't ever remember bill collectors calling the house because she paid her bills on time. And so at the end of the day, all she needed was somebody else in her life to be able to talk about dreaming and being able to become something different and it was my stepfather that came came in and said you know we got to get get out of the space of renting and get into a place of home ownership we got to pay ourselves first and so now you couple a dreamer with somebody that's kind of like a workaholic and you put the two together and you and they have a plan and so they would have a 1 year plan a 3 year plan a 5 year plan that to me that's how we got out and it was the, those disciplines that were established by my parents that really permeated to the kids. And now, you know, I'm the oldest of four. And so when I think about myself and where I am, my starting point might have been in my 30s. But for my sisters, their starting point was in their 20s when it came to home ownership and their thoughts around that. And so again, it's easy to kind of close the gap and really. Um, Create the situation where that home ownership continuum begins to get smaller and smaller, or that time frame begins to get smaller and smaller as you start to look at it. So, I would just say, you know, we just got to start and we just have to be intentional about our growth around this space. And we have to do a re- the research. Home ownership is not like buying a car, but even when we buy a car, we do research. We look, we Google, we talk, we have conversations about what we want. We put it on the wall. We have our little sticky points and our little papers. This is what I want. I mean, we can show somebody on our cell phone. We talk about those things. But when it comes to home ownership, why should that be different? That's going to be the biggest, probably the biggest investment that we make in our lives is really around home ownership. And we treat it as though it's not like buying a car where we put all of these things and we have these goals and we do the research. The uh, home requires the same thing, the research. And it starts with us.
0: So what do you hope to accomplish? Because I know you guys have some very specific um, goals in place when it comes to your home ownership initiatives.
1: Yes. Um, what I would say is, you know, when we talk about path forward, it's huge in scope. You think about $30 billion and you think about that and it's just like, oh my God, this is just huge. My goal is to take this national commitment and localize it. And when I think about localizing it, we have to have a strategic framework for how we get there. Path forward is the what. How we get there is the thing that I would just kind of transition to just to talk about that for a little bit. Absolutely. Some of which I've kind of talked about throughout. Um, but we actually have a six pillar plan with respect to how we're going to go about getting there. The first part of that is really addressing and dealing with our people. We have to have people that mirror the markets that we're seeking to serve, which means that we have to hire or what I would consider attract. We have to attract, we have to retain, and we have to grow the the diversification of our team um, so that we can have future leaders in this space, so that we can start to talk about it from a career choice standpoint. We got to make sure that we get ourselves actively involved so that we can mirror the markets that we serve. And that's on us. But at the same time, we got to make sure that we are a company that people see themselves in, which means there are a lot of us that got to get out there and be able to talk about this. And we have to mirror those markets that we're seeking to serve. The number two, and this is my second P, is really around establishing presence in the markets that we're seeking to serve. It's necessary for us to be visibly and actively present in all of these markets, not just in some markets, but in all markets. And that means making sure that we can serve our customers when, where, and how they want to be served. So it's not just physical presence, but it's also virtual or or digital presence. Making sure that people can see themselves owning a home um, in our marketing campaigns and in the things that we're doing out in the marketplace, whether it's locally or digitally. The third P is really around partnerships. And so when I think about Black Enterprise and BE and working with you guys, I mean, it's huge because when we start to think about partnerships, it's necessary. JP Morgan Chase is a huge national, and what I would say, you know, when we think about just across this country is a big bank. But in order for a big bank to be able to deliver locally, we have to build relationships with advocacy groups, with realtors, with builders, uh, with nonprofit organizations, with faith-based organizations. Um, with different, um, I would say different key influencers that are out there in the marketplace that are able to help us from a referral standpoint. Because you guys have credibility in the marketplace. You have believability in the marketplace and our job is to get there. And so again, I always say that we have to go from having this national focus to making sure that we're local in scope. And that's gonna require us to make sure that we're connecting with our partners. The fourth P is around products and programs. And a lot of people like to go to products and programs first, but I would like to say that we have to deal with infrastructure first, which is your people, your presence, and your partners. But from a product perspective, we have an array of products and programs to help people get access to credit. The thing about it is we got to make sure that we have the right people in the right places with the right partners to get it out there so that you know that we have these products and programs out in the marketplace. Then our fifth P is really around promotions. That's the marketing and the outreach. This is the opportunity for us to create the awareness out there, do activities out in the marketplace, dispel myths, instill confidence and win the trust and consideration of the communities that we're seeking to serve. And so promotions is our fourth, I'm sorry, our fifth P. The last P is really around policy. There are a lot of barriers in systemic issues, especially when it comes to minority lending. That we have to address. And although we as a firm have a policy team where we work together and partner together with regulators, with policymakers out in the marketplace, uh, with different agencies and advocacy groups, our goal is to make sure that we're partnering with them to understand what are the barriers to homeownership when it comes to minority communities, particularly Black and Latinx. What are those barriers? And what do we need to do and talk about from a policy um, perspective to be able to build solutions or create solutions to close those barriers to home ownership. And so those are our strategic pillars for how we feel that we have to operate in order to make a difference and in order for us to make sure that we make good on our $30 billion commitment and that now it becomes a part of our DNA. It's not just an initiative that's out there.
0: It becomes the way in which we do business and how we think about our business. So I want to break down some of those P's um, in terms of products and programs. Chase Home Lending has a grant program um, that helps with down payments and closing costs. And that program was recently expanded. Can you tell us more about it? Yes. um,
1: and, And I will say we have a host of grant programs. Um, This is one of which that we rolled out um, probably over the last two to three weeks. Um, We rolled out a grant program, and it's a $5,000 grant program um, that enables us to stabilize minority communities, particularly Black communities. And so this $5,000 grant is available in 6,700 Black census tracts or Black communities across this country. That's huge. And so it's national in scope our goal is to make sure that anyone that is purchasing a home in one of those communities receives a grant of five thousand dollars so it's not about qualifying for the grant because of income uh, or your income restraints or anything like that it is really about making sure that we make this five thousand dollar grant available for any home that's available for purchase In one of these 6,700 communities across the country. That is huge. And the thing that I love about that is it's specific to Black communities. And a lot of people will ask us questions like, well, how were you able to do that? Or how were you able to just focus in on Black communities or why? And I always often say that our why is really in the numbers. We talked about um, the homeownership rate being the lowest. And obviously these are communities where 50% or more of the black people that live in these communities are black. And so when you think about the home ownership rate, it's gonna be a derivative of these communities. So you gotta think about that from that um, standpoint. The other piece of it is we wanna make sure that we're stabilizing communities in these areas. And so again, these are areas where um, when we think about the opportunity, it's not just low to moderate income, In some of these areas, it is an opportunity for middle to upper income um, folks to be able to get in on this. And so obviously, this is an opportunity for us to see these dollars into the communities that we want to stabilize and be able to support um, the customers that we're seeking to um, support, which is really within our Black community.
0: You talked earlier about how much education needs to happen and how much conversation needs to happen, you know, within our communities to get us ready. And I know that Chase is doing a lot of that work. So tell us what you're doing to help prepare home buyers.
1: Yes. Um, And so Chase is already doing a lot of this work today, especially with our self-guided credit journey program, just to get people on the right path from a credit perspective. And we also have our financial health center that will really address whatever your goals are around becoming financially healthy. Um, But we are also partnering with HUD approved nonprofit um, housing counseling organizations that are out there in the community um, where we are working with them because any given Wednesday night or Saturday morning, they're always doing um, home buyer seminars and they're bringing in first-time home buyers or those that are wanting to move up into home ownership They're working with those families or with those particular individuals. Our opportunity in partnering with them is being able to come to the table and being able to be a part of those things so that we can talk about our products and programs. We can talk about the mortgage process. We can dispel myths that are associated with, do I need to put 20% down or 30% down to own a home? And the answer to that question is absolutely not. Uh, We have programs where you can put as as minimal as 3% down on a home. Uh, And those 3% can come from a grant program or a down payment assistance program. And so again, making sure that everybody knows what's available, what's the resources out there, and then what are the actual things I need to know. It's amazing to me, like when I talk to some of my friends that are looking to own a home and I say to them, like, who have you spoken to about this? And it's like, well, I'm just doing my own research. But then, how do you know what's out there as far as programs and things of that nature? And so, you haven't connected with a loan officer to be able to tell you like some of the things that are necessary around this or what products and programs we have. You're not connected to a home buyer education provider that can kind of really get you on a path. This is pre purchase counseling as well as post purchase counseling because once you get into the home, it's about sustaining it. And so, it's about making sure that you have the funds available for your your taxes and your insurance. Uh, if there's a situation where something may break down in your home, uh, that you have the ability or have the funds available uh, to be able to fix it. I mean, if there's a lot of other things that go along with home ownership. And we wanna make sure that not only are we creating this access to home ownership, but we're also creating this sustainability, making sure that you keep the home um, and that you're able to sustain home ownership as well. And so, again, those are some of the components that we're bringing to the table to our customers is to be able to connect with those nonprofit housing counseling providers so that you get on your way or on your path to um, not just access to credit, but
0: sustainability when it comes to homeownership. So Sarita, one of the things that always happens when we have discussions like this is that we get a ton of comments from our audience that they had no idea that any of this was available to them. So my last question to you is what kind of outreach are you doing so that people in Black communities know that these resources are there for them?
1: Yeah, um, and I'm, I'm going to tell you in this space, I think this is where we're becoming, right? Uh, so the first thing is to be present, right, in these communities. Um, and we definitely have um, J.P. Morgan Chase branches in a lot of these communities. There's opportunities for us to do home buyer seminars, even in our bank branches, uh, but to also do it in community centers where folks feel comfortable, do it in churches. Um, and I would tell you that there's a lot of work that we're doing to try to connect with faith-based organizations, because any given Sunday, when you think about reaching um, black customers, you're gonna find them in church. And so there's an opportunity for us to leverage the credibility of the churches, um, the insights um, of what pastors are saying around this. And I can tell you, a lot of folks are thinking about how do I get my parishioners, my congregation healthy when it comes to their finances? So a lot of work is being done both virtually and sometimes face-to-face in some of these markets where we can still social distance. I would say another thing, too, is we do leverage a lot of marketing campaigns where we are marketing. Um, And I I would tell you things like this, having this podcast gives us an opportunity um, to be able to get the word out that we are open for business and that there is an opportunity for you to visit your um, JPMorgan Chase branch and be able to walk in there and ask some questions. Uh, We also have the availability for you to do it online at jpmorganchase.com or chase.com and be able to go into some of our tools that we have and resources that we have out there. Um, And then also just an opportunity to call an 800 number where you can call in and and really speak to one of our um, advisors about your specific needs when it comes to home ownership. So we have a lot of tools and resources out there. But again, I would say that where we have opportunity is to further tell our story, because I think a lot of people don't know that we're open for business in this space and that we have all of these tools and resources available. And so more work like this, where we can get the message out Um, But then also more participation, even locally, as well as nationally with different member organizations and trade organizations that actually have key influence in um, a lot of the communities that we're seeking to serve. We're doing all of that. Um, But again, we're interested in um, who we're becoming um, and making sure that people understand that we might not have it all in place today, but I would say that we're working very hard to make sure Uh, that we're getting the word out and making sure that we're connecting with the right people to make sure that we can put ourselves in position um, to win the trust and consideration from our communities.
0: This conversation has been chock full of so many gems when it comes to us getting ourselves financially healthy and getting on the path to homeownership. Sarita, thank you so much for sharing this vital information with us today. Alisa, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I mean, this has been... Um, You
1: know, obviously, you can hear my passion around this. And I've been in this space for quite some time. And I can tell you, it's just the basic blocking and tackling, the foundational things. We cannot lose sight of just starting, just putting ourselves in position to start the process. Um, And oftentimes, it's on us to do that. We own that, each of us individually. We own that. And that's the one thing that I want to tell people. Just own your financial health. The same way that we think about our health from a medical standpoint, we have to own it financially as well. And again, hold um, organizations like JP Morgan Chase and others accountable to making sure that you get on the pathway to success in that space. That's what we here we're here for. And I would say hold us accountable to owning up to not only just our path forward commitment, but our commitment to
0: serving our community. Well, thank you again. And thank you everyone out there for joining us on this episode of Chasing Success.